Good morning, family. Would you stand? Let's start with prayer. Father, we come into your house just expectant for you to move, expectant for you to speak to us, God, and we come here not in routine. We know this is a new day, Lord. We acknowledge you in this room right now. You're here. We just open up our hearts to be surrendered to all that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
feels like they're in a storm. They're in something that's so distracting that they've taken their eyes off you, God. I just pray that you would recenter their hearts right now this morning. God, recenter our focus to you so that we can be focused on our Savior and not the storm. us to praise you instead of our problems together the Colette. O great King of Kings, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven for the sanctity of all human life. You have said that your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Where there is unrighteousness, let righteousness come to bear. Where there is hostility, Cause your peace to reign supreme, and where there is sorrow, bring joy in the hearts of people. Lead us into your unshakable and everlasting kingdom, which you reign forever and ever, that truly the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Children. Mm -hmm. The warriors of tomorrow.
sometimes today. Come on up. We want to pray for these young people as they go up to Sunday school. Stretch your arms. Pray with me. Let's pray for these young people. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would fill these young hearts and minds with your wisdom and knowledge, your strength and your courage, that they would now and always be filled with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Our first lesson comes from Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm number 2. And we'll say it responsively by the half verse. Why do the nations rage? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Let us break their bonds in pieces. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. Yet I have set my king. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Ask of me, and I will give the nations for your inheritance. You shall break them with a rod of iron. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Serve the Lord with fear. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Our second reading this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 35, commencing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, 
or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children... You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. So, Lord, we're so thankful that we can come together today to worship you, to offer up a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and to hear your word. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this time, and bless our ears, Lord, and our hearts to hear and to receive what it is you're saying. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. You may be seated. I know the gospel message talks about how great little kids are, but Eric, your kids got me sick for that little virus. Shortly, glad that it was a very short little virus, but yesterday I was thinking, those little wretches got me sick. I'm teasing slightly. Uh, I was feeling terrible. <laughs> uh, but you know, the Lord has blessed me. Uh, I know that I have been uh, on task to preach this Sunday, and so I started earlier in the week. And then yesterday, when I wasn't feeling so good, I wrote down some things. And then at the end of the day, I thought, I did not like that very well. <laughs> so I kind of scratched it and, and started over and reorganized it. And so I have a message today. And uh, God kept speaking to me while I was, I don't know if you noticed, I was writing notes as I was up here worshiping. Uh, and since my team doesn't play until tomorrow night, we've got lots of time. <laughs> so we can go over this stuff, all of it, everything. <laughs> I, um, I have preached before. On the, the pro-life Sunday, if you want to, you know, shorthand, we call it pro-life Sunday, the feast of our Lord and giver of life. Uh, it's a special feast day for us because we've always been a pro-life church, even from the early on. And, and a big part of that was uh, being against abortion. 
Um, but Jesse and I had a conversation earlier this week, and, and it, it was just, I'm like, what am I going to share again about anti-abortion? Things are different, and Father Lewis is going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, but we were talking, and he goes, it's, being pro-life is more than being anti-abortion. There's a lot more to it. And our church has been a lot, about a lot more than just being against abortion, you know, and we understand it's, it's a, a controversial topic. There's a lot of things going on. But I want to talk about how we can be pro-life. We know that the Lord has given us life. In the scriptures, it's very clear. Um, in Colossians 3, and I'll read some scripture to help keep me safe. Colossians 3, verses 2 and 4. We'll start in verse 1, chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting on the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And that concept that Christ is our life. We've died, and God has given us this new life. This is such an important principle that we need to remember, and it's, it's part of being a Christian, being, a, you know, the, the new life that God has given us. Uh, in John 10.10, you know, we, we quote the first part of that a lot, that the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Our enemy comes to, to destroy us. He's, he is uh, the one who brings death. You know, it came from because we listen to the enemy, and uh, through sin, death is entered in, and so... That's the enemy. That's the bad guy. We know that. But Jesus says, I have come that we may have life and we have it more abundantly. And that's that concept. This pro-life is this abundant life. And I'm just, you know, there's been a lot of teaching on the abundant life. And sometimes it becomes a prosperity gospel. You know, there's a, there's a, a danger of, of focusing on one thing more than anything. But I just want to tell you that the abundant life means more than just money. It means more than being against abortion. It means more than just having lots of money. There's a lot of things about it. So I want to talk about that today. So buckle up. (laughs) At the first service, I had fun because I had Cody Kessler and my son Christian in there. So it was good. I could talk straight to them. (laughs) Grow up. That's the pro-life message for men and women, boys and girls. Grow up. Be mature. Be faithful. Be steadfast. Be a man of your word. There's so much that, 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 you know, it's just so important. And it's, yeah, we're supposed to be like little children. We're supposed to humble ourselves like little children. There's this concept of get past childish things in other areas of your life, and you need to grow up, and you need to be who God's called you to be. And this is for men and women. You need to grow up. You need to be mature. God gets glory when you're mature. You can still have that joy. You can still have laugh and you can still do those, those things like that. But you gotta be mature and you gotta be, uh, trustworthy. There's things that you do that help you grow up. Come to church on Sunday. Read your Bible. Pray. These are basic principles that I've preached, well, forever. I talk to my boys because I do the 7.30 service, right? And so I bring my 
one or two of my sons, you know, whoever's at the right age, stuck at home, and I make them come with me to help do the lessons and to light the candles and to get everything ready. And sometimes I'll bring a word that I think is really inspired, really anointed. And I'll say something like Gavin one time. I said, boy, that was a really good word. Didn't you think that was a really good word? And he goes, Dad, I've heard that before. Because <laughs> the Lord has put something on my heart, and he's given me, you know, uh, uh, an anointing in a certain area. So I preach kind of the same thing over and over again. So sorry. But this is part of growing up and being who God's called you to be. Get a job. This was Eric Reed's great thing. His dad says he used to tell you this like all the time, right? Get a job. <laughs> and there's something about having a job that's more than just working. It's more than just a means to an end. You don't get a job just to get to the weekend and to have money to go do things on the weekend. Getting a job is about so much more than that. you got to understand it's like building something. Building something in yourself. God is building something in you when you work. And you get up in the morning, you get dressed, and you go to work. Best piece of advice I gave a friend of mine. He was a contractor. And uh, so he would, you know, and I noticed I'd hired a contractor, not him, but I'd hired another contractor, and they just didn't come a couple of days. And I'm like, why didn't they come? And he goes, well, you know, contractors are like that. Some days they want to go surfing instead of work, you know, or maybe they had too much the night before and they don't feel, you know. So contractors are like that. And I go, that doesn't work. That's not being trustworthy. And so I told him, get up in the morning. And he wasn't a contractor anymore, but I said, get up in the morning, get dressed, and go to work. And the next day, get up in the morning, get dressed, and go to work. And the next day, that consistency, that faithfulness, it builds something. Not only in your company trusting you, but it builds something inside of you. And you need to work as under the Lord, as Paul says in Colossians. That's who you're working for. And there's, there's this principle of building you into the man or the woman that God's called you to be. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not talented. He'll give you talents. But you're supposed to be faithful with what he's given you. And getting a job a lot of times, and, you know, that's one of Father Jim's great messages for me when I was uh, in the Marine Corps. I had a boss that was just a jerk. That's putting it nicely. He was just not a nice guy. He didn't like God at all, and it was just there was just all this stuff about him. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, do I have to treat this guy with you know? Well, yeah, he's an officer. He's above me. I got to, but I didn't have to like him, do I? You know? And Jim really gave me a word. He says you need to really stop complaining, work hard, and let God work it out. But just keep working hard and having a good attitude and work towards something. Um, Colossians 3, there's some great scriptures uh, as I was looking at this that really struck me. I don't know if I brought it. Oh, there it is. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, Paul continues in the same vein. For we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. That's interesting. God wants to bless you through the ability to create wealth. He's given us that ability to create wealth. He's given us the ability to do work. Ephesians 4, and he's talking, basically he's talking to different people that are, you know, he's trying to bring redemption into life, and he goes, let 
Him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. That's an interesting thought. Part of the reason you work is not just for your own self. And I know that um, and a lot of people, they work, and they work really hard. And you see this like in the Olympics. You hear these guys that they've committed their whole life to this one focus. And they're really trying to be the best at what this is, you know. But a lot of times just, they're working for their own glory. So really, you need to work as under the Lord so that the God gets the glory. And one of the best compliments I think I ever gave to my, my daughter, Kimberly, she has this desire to be an interior design, right? And she's working hard at it. She's studied. But she has the gift. But not only with that gift, she's worked and developed the skills. And she did something for us. I forget what it was. And I told her, I said, Kimberly, that's really great. That looks just incredible. I said, you obviously have a gift, but you've also obviously worked hard at that gift to be really good at what you're doing. And that's what we all need to do. Find the gifts that God's given us and work hard at those gifts to, to be better at them, to do exactly what God's called us to be, to, to magnify that gift. And then recognize that you're giving glory to the Lord. Just like being mature gives glory to God, so does working well and doing well at your job. That gives glory to the Lord. And he blesses you. There's other blessings that go with it, but that's important, right? Get a wife or a husband for the ladies. There's something about getting and and joining up, like it says in Genesis. God created a male and female. And then he says that a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. There's a, uh, such a blessing in that. Now, not everybody's called to be married. We understand that the Scripture even says that there are some who are called to not be married. Uh, I know in the Roman church there are a lot of, you know, the, the priesthood is supposed to be, that, that's their thing is they don't get married. Whether I agree with it or not, you know, there are some who are called not to be married. Um, and God blesses them because they can work as under the Lord and their whole focus is on the church, right? Uh, and sometimes it's not time for you to be married. I told Levi, he doesn't have to get married right away. He can wait. He was sitting between Cody and uh, Christian, so I, was, <laughs> I had to single him out and make sure he knew that I wasn't talking to him. But there's something about this being married that's such a blessing. And God gets so much glory whenever you walk together. Because you know it's not just you and your wife. The gods, that's why they say the marriage is three that are involved. And uh, I wish I had brought that quote that uh, Schmeyman says, but he talks about that the biggest problem in, in America is the idolization of the family. Instead of understanding in the right place that this is what God is, when it's, when it's brought to the glory of God, when it's for God's glory, then the marriage really blesses him. Have kids. Get a family. Right? Now, I say this, not everybody has to have nine children. It's okay. Uh, we were tremendously blessed, me and I, to have nine children. Um, but the scripture is clear to be fruitful and multiply. God wants us to have family. And throughout scriptures, that's always been a blessing. And there are some people who uh, physically or, or for whatever reason can't have children, and, and we understand that. And um, I don't know what God has called for your life. You need to find out what that is and then plug into that. Sometimes it's to adopt. I know that we have friends in Arizona. They weren't able to have children, but they adopted and had wonderful kids and a family. And God wants to bless you with with children. 
And there's different people who are called differently. But there's something about having kids. And in our culture today, it's frowned upon. There's more pet stores than there are baby stores. And they used to be in only some neighborhoods. Now it's spread throughout everything. And they treat pets. And pets are important. I like pets. I don't have a thing against pets. So long as it doesn't take the place of kids. <laughs> you know, and I... It's just, it's funny how things have shifted. You know, in, in China, and I'll just briefly talk about this, you know, abortion is a big deal because they have a limit on how many kids you can have. And so their birth rate is way down here. In America, we don't have a government-mandated limit on how many kids we have, and our birth rate is still right matching with theirs. That's by choice. That's not a pro-life principle. That's not a Christian principle to limit and not have any kids. The Christian life, the abundant life, is to be willing to make the sacrifices to have children. One of the things I realized as I was taking, as I was writing down different notes and and scriptures, is one of them was uh, pray to the Lord for the harvest is ripe, right? Wide into harvest. Pray to the Lord to send more laborers. They're going, oh. I've raised up nine laborers. God sent nine. God has given us children to raise up. And we talk about this in the farmland and stuff like that. When you have a farm, you've got to have a lot of kids to help run the farm. It's not just in farms. God wasn't talking just to farmers. He was talking to all of us. They'll work in whatever vineyard you're in. You want these workers with you. And I see that now. I have a son who is ordained and working right next to me in this vineyard. I see the picture. I see that it can happen. And whatever that vineyard is, whatever you're in, you know, Sam Mercer's got his son Spike working right next to him. And that's, that's what God a lot of times does. He raises up children to work right alongside you. Because it brings glory to the Lord. And he sees a full family. This is a pro-life message. That's part of being pro-life is that Christian life. Get involved in your community. We see that specifically in our community of our church. Part of the pro-life ministry is being involved in your church. You're not spectators. You are participants as we assemble into the body of Christ. It's clear that the scripture says that where one person has an abundance, he can supply the need of someone who is a lack. And then vice versa. And that's happened more than once where somebody has a situation where they have a need and somebody else has an abundance of something and they're able to share. That happens not only finances, but it happens in the giftings also. Mia has more of a gifting of prophetic than I do. So I trust that she's going to bring more of a prophetic word than I might give. (laughs) I have more of a pastoral mindset and word. And so everybody has different gifts and you share those things in the body of Christ. And then that extends beyond that, and we see that on Mondays when we have the, the food pantry outside. An opportunity, the sacrifice of your time, of your resources to come out there and to help serve the community. This is, again, the same part of that pro-life message. The abundant Christian life is a pro-life message. Not being selfish, but laying down your life and living the life that God has given you. 
You need to live a life worthy of what God has given you. Live that life of integrity, being a servant. All these things is the Christian life, and that is the pro-life message. And here's the, and I'll sum up with this. Here's the thing that's just the, the, the great beauty of this. You know, all the scriptures today were so powerful, and I didn't see it until this morning when I'm sitting back there listening. <laughs> like I said, God kept speaking to me to say different. I'm like, ooh, that's, I can add that in. That's really good. The scriptures today were so good that talks about that we are more than conquerors. The culture of death doesn't win. It doesn't win. The only thing that wins is life and life eternal. The uh, collect for today. Where there is unrighteousness, that righteousness come to bear. Where there is hostility, cause your peace to reign supreme. Where there is sorrow, bring joy. Lead us into your unshakable and everlasting kingdom. Truly, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. This is the principle that we've believed here at St. Michael's uh, ever since I've been here and even before then, as you listen to the tapes from back then. Uh, Father Lewis and I, we were talking about the old cassette tapes from before we were ever a part of St. Michael's, uh, Stone Mountain Church at the time. We would pull these tapes up and listen to them. So I went on the float, and I would pull up these tapes and listen. This is the message from way back, this whole concept of, we say dominion theology, but it's more like, um, you know, in Genesis it says, and that's based on what it says in, in, in Genesis, when it says, um, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is the command that God has given us. This is the abundant life that God expects from us. And there's promises throughout the scriptures that says this is going to happen. It's not a pipe dream. It's not false hope. It's really going to happen. And in Habakkuk chapter 2 Verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the promise that God has given us. This abundant life living that I'm talking about, this pro-life. Yeah, Roe v. Wade has now been overturned. And, and, and like I said, Father Lewis will, will talk about that briefly. Um, I said briefly just so you don't get carried away. It's not a second sermon. But he had some really good insight that he, he shared this morning and he said he was going to talk about it. Things have changed this year. Yeah, abortion is no longer our big focus all the time. It's important. But part of growing up is not making abortion being that necessary. Why do you think abortion is such a big deal? 98.5% of abortions is a birth control. Dude, come on, grow up. That's why you get married. Sorry, I, I <laughs> sidetracked for a little bit. But the promise that God has given us, that the waters, as the waters cover the sea, the glory of the Lord is going to come. We live our lives, the Christian life, the pro-life, abundant life. People will see it, and it will change their lives. That's the whole promise that God has given us. Because we don't have to do it on our own strength. It's not our own wisdom, our own 
willpower. It all has to do with the power of God working in us. And as you plug into that abundant life and let that life that God has given us flow through us, it'll change the people around us. It'll change that culture of death so that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. And we can see it right here in San Clemente to start with. Amen? All right. I'm here to listen. Please stand. Great word, Father Ed. Let us continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as Christ's priests on earth, let us Bring the needs of the whole world to God in prayer. That the church will continue with all diligence in the call of the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. Lord, in your mercy. The governments will root out corruption and administer justice and mercy to all their people, especially the poor, the powerless, and the unwanted child. Lord, in your mercy. That those who are searching for meaning and purpose in life will find it through a relationship with the incarnate Christ. Lord, in your mercy. That parents and teachers will inspire our young to work in the service of others. Lord, in your mercy. That we who are gathered around this Eucharistic table will be mindful that our bodies are called to be a living and holy sacrifice before God. Lord, in your mercy. That those who have given their lives to the pro-life movement will see the fruit of their labor in their lifetime. Lord, in your mercy. That those who have participated in abortions will repent and find the forgiveness available in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Father, you sent your Son to reveal your love to us. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to recognize Christ's voice and follow him with steadfast faith. We ask this in your name, O Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord. Peace.
<laughs> so now I get to give my second, the second sermon of the day, as Father Ed announced. No, I did, I did have some things I wanted to share because of this. Uh, this is a big deal this year in the sense of how different it is from prior years. You know, we have this feast of our Lord, the giver of life, at this time of year, every year, because of the anniversary of the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade decision that allowed abortion to be, or made abortion to be legal in the whole country without without recourse to going to the Supreme Court again for permission. And this year was a big change. We've been talking about Roe v. Wade all this time, and now we talk about Dodd. Dodd is the name of this other court case where they took the reasoning of Roe v. Wade and threw it out. And the issue of abortion went from being something that was promulgated from the Supreme Court to something that becomes a matter of the state, like the state of California. We don't see much difference in that right here in California because of the culture. But that becomes our battle. This is like the beginning. This is something that, first of all, we really do rejoice over this change. Now, we do this. This is not a political issue for us. This is a moral issue. This is a religious issue. This is one of those things of uh, if there is a wall of separation between state and church, it's like they should stay out of this business of morality and knowing right and wrong and knowing how that works. That's us here. And we aspire to a place when we say the the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the whole world like the water covers the sea. There's no place in the sea that isn't wet. And in a place like that, these kind of questions won't be bandered about. But in the world we live in, as we aspire to going that direction, we live in a place in our hearts and minds where we know that children are wonderful. Children are wonderful And they bring into your life great suffering. (laughs) But it's the suffering that gives our whole life meaning, right? It's great and it's awesome and it's real and it's life and it's magnificent. And we want to rejoice in all of it everywhere all the time. And that is what we aspire to. And so this, this temporary interruption of these things that that are wrong, and we need to know that, and we need to act in such a way that our culture and our society understands that as well. Let this, you know, the the knowledge of the glory of God spread from us that everyone would understand that, and we can begin to put things back into a right order for us. So that's that's the rejoicing and the celebration I hope you have uh, this year as something that is very different than previous years. And we've got more to do. Amen? Amen. And that is the end of the second lesson. (laughs) Sorry about that. Announcements? Yes, we'll have a special offering for the Sanctity of Life Sunday. And will that offering be taken in the back, Father Lewis? Will that be... There's to be a bag in the back after the service. You can put it in there. And I am told 
And I know that I, I, I believe what I'm told is that you can go online. <laughs> you can go online to the St. Michael's site and on the drop down you can give to. And this is, this is the, the offering that we give as a church and people as individuals and it is a central, it is an important part of our, of our denominational life that this organization is the one that helps to equip all of us here and act on our behalf in different areas. They got, uh, there'll be March for Life in D.C. and they'll be involved in planning and scheduling. A lot of stuff there. So I encourage you to support this CEC for Life and you can give that special offering right now. You can give it online. You can write a check. If you know what a check is, uh, not everyone does. So, yes. Amen. Okay. Yes. Amen. Um, our other announcements are up here on the screens. We have a men's meeting coming up this next Saturday at 9 a.m. Please be there if you're a man. Uh, Parents' Night Out is January 20th, 6 to 9 p.m. This is uh, for ages 2 through 12, and this is to help support the uh, youth retreat, and, which is on February 2nd through the 4th. Uh, please see Thomas Batterton about that. Payment is due Today, January 15th. Today is the 15th. Also, if your uh, child is interested in praise dancing, I don't know, maybe that includes adults, please see Bethany Mercer. Um, and then finally, we also will be having, again, our uh, accolade training right after the service today. Amen. That's it. Amen. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. One supper was ended, he took the cup, again he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. 
May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, David, Nell, Nancy, the House family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ of the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you, God has forgiven you, God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.